I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, first off, I'm such an idiot. And last week, I completely forgot to mention the giveaway that I'm running on my Instagram at Kind of Cute Podcast. If you head over there and if you give it a follow and follow me at Bailey Evan on Instagram, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening. And then just tag a friend in the comments of the little picture of the hat that I'm giving away. Tag someone who you think would like Kind of Cute Podcast and you will be entered in the running to win a very cute dad hat that says it's black. It has kind of like a light green writing as a homage to my new graphic for Kind of Cute can be all yours. Speaking of my new graphic, if you haven't noticed yet, Kind of Cute got a little bit of a makeover. It has the font that the cut uses, this really cool kind of sand art looking background. I think it's stunning personally. It was made by Maddie. She's at dame.studio on Instagram. Her work is amazing. You should follow her. So I just want to let you guys know about the giveaway and let you know if you're looking for Kind of Cute and you're looking for our old logo, you might not find it. So just wanted to give you a little heads up. Before we jump in today, I had to give a little update from last week. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, maybe pause this, go back and listen. We talked about Lo Bosworth and her wellness company called Love Wellness, and I talked about how popular The Killer is, which is a vaginal suppository, and we also mentioned her sparkle fiber. And I have a friend who sent in a little audio message about the sparkle fiber, and I really wanted to share it with you guys. So sit back, give this a listen, and... I think you will find it enlightening. Regarding love wellness, um, so I started taking the um, sparkle fiber because like it had such amazing reviews and you know my stomach issues and people were saying like um, people with IBS like it really helped um, regulate them. And it's they it said it was really good for your skin too, and I've been breaking out so much so. I was like, oh, stomach and skin, let me start taking this. Um, So it said to like start with one a day and then like work your way up to two and then work your way up to three. But I was just taking one because I was like nervous. Um, And it like really wrecked my stomach. Like, and on, when was it? Monday, um, I was driving to work and there's this area where I know there's always a cop um, sitting because the speed limit changes from like 55 to 35. Um, but I had to go to the bathroom so bad because I took the sparkle fiber in the morning and I was like halfway to work and I was like, I'm gonna fucking shit my pants. Um, so I was speeding And I was going 55 when it changed to 35. So I got pulled over and the cop came to my car and I was like, sir, this is not an excuse. But like, I just started taking this stuff from my stomach and like, I need to go to the bathroom. And he was like, you just passed a gas station. And I was like, sir, I'm just trying to make it to my office because I have to go to the bathroom. And um, he was like... I'm sorry, like, and I was like, all right, well, I gotta, we, we had pulled me over right by the convention center, so I was like, I'm gonna go see if the convention center is open, like, am I allowed to go do that? 
So he was sitting in his car, like, writing my ticket, and I ran to the convention center. All the doors were locked. I was, like, had to go to the bathroom so bad. And I came back to my car, and he hands me the ticket, and he was like, I, I mean, I was going 20 over, and he was like, I um, put it down to only nine over. That's like the lowest I can make it. Um, so I know he felt bad because he could see it on my face that like I was not lying. Like I had to go to the bathroom. Um, so that's my love wellness story. I have since stopped taking the sparkle fiber. Um, so yeah, if you're considering that one, um, definitely be careful. First off, thank you to my friend for sharing that very raw account of the Sparkle Fiber Pills. And I have to say, is it just me or is that cop a little bit of a dick? Like this poor girl is about to shit her pants. So she was speeding a little bit and she still gets a ticket. I mean, come on. And back to low and love wellness. I, you know, I did read the reviews and I think there's so many good reviews on this. So obviously it does work for people, but I do think it's sort of a reminder with all of the wellness trends that are being thrown at us constantly to be aware and careful of the things we put in our bodies because that shit can fuck you up as evidenced by this story. So I just wanted to share that as a little update from last week. And now moving on to, you know, just the actual episode. I've had a crazy couple of weeks because last week I was at my sister Sheridan's graduation at UF, which was a little bizarre because We had to watch it on a live stream. Only my parents were able to go to the actual ceremony, but I had a great weekend with her. It was a little exhausting. It was a little weird being back in Gainesville because she went to UF and I went to UF for law school. And I just, you know, we don't like being a lawyer here. Didn't love my law school experience. So (laughs) it's always a little triggering being back at UF, but it really was a fun weekend. And then this past week, I actually took two days off of work. And the last time I took two days off of work was Thanksgiving week. So it felt so good to take those days off and I apologize that is why the podcast is a little late this week Kenzie's birthday was on Thursday and we took off we went to Miami we had the best time we had like that kind of vacation where you just pretend you have lots of money even though you very much do not we got tattoos we got our nails done we just ate so much good food holy shit if you ever need Miami food recommendations I got you, boo. You know I love talking about food on this podcast, and I will send you an entire list of my favorite places. So we got back yesterday, Friday, so I'm recording this Saturday morning. I hope you can forgive me. I'm also having huge tech issues, so if this sounds a little bit different today, it's because I'm recording from my bed on my laptop holding my mic, and I'm in a different room, so I apologize if there's a little bit of echo. I actually think it'll probably sound pretty good in here because it's my room, and it's really small, and I have a lot of shit, and they say if you want it to sound good, just have a lot of shit, like a lot of clothes, a lot of stuff around, a rug. It'll sound better. It's a little podcasting tip for you today, but yeah, I apologize. Hopefully by next week, I can get my... uh, my desktop working again. We'll be back on schedule. You know, it, it's it's all good. It's the weekend. It's a beautiful day here. I hope you're having a great re- weekend and let's get into it. And before we get into our actual articles today, I have to share my fave celebrity story from last week. So Victoria Beckham, she was sent some Drew House Crocs. Drew House is Justin Bieber's company and Crocs are very in right now and the Drew House ones are very popular. Uh, and they have been for a while, Crocs in general. They're just, it's... I would say they're having a resurgence, but I feel like they've never really gone away. 
So Victoria Beckham takes a picture of these Crocs that were sent to her, and she puts a poll on her Insta that says, will I be wearing lilac Crocs? And she shared the results, and 43% said yes, and 57% said no. And then after the poll was complete, she posted a follow-up story, and it said, well, that was close. (laughs) And she shared the results, and she says, I think I'd rather die, but thank you anyway, at Justin Bieber. So people were just dying, myself included, that she was just straight up, I'd rather die than wear lilac Crocs. I have a bad habit of saying this term because it's really rather morbid and honestly I love my life I do not want to die but it really conveys the feeling of like that is so beyond something I would want to do that I would rather die like I I would rather die than be a lawyer for the rest of my life that might be literal but I'm just saying you know I say it too often again please know very grateful for my life but I thought this was funny and I also hate Crocs I feel like I don't tend to, if there's a trend that I'm very not into, I don't normally change my mind. So I feel pretty safe saying I don't think Crocs are ever going to be for me. I, I wear a lot of ugly trends. I'm not above that. Like I loved an UGG moment. I would If I didn't live in Florida and I was back in New Hampshire, I would still love an UGG moment. Uh, but yeah, some things Crocs, just they ain't it for me, sis. All right, let's get on to our first article of the day. Drake is finally releasing his scented candles by Erica Smith. You know Erica Smith, she's always our scent girl. She does the little interviews with celebs where she asks them what certain scents remind them of what love feels like, what heartbreak feels like. So it's fitting she's doing this story. And apparently these candles that Drake designed are supposed to release tomorrow, Sunday, May 9th. And the name of the company is Better World Fragrance House, BWFH. Obviously, I want one. I'm a candle hoe. The bougier, the better. Apparently, I like to burn my money. But I wanted to talk about this because of a promotion they are running. And apparently, if you order $50 or more on Postmates from one of Drake's favorite restaurants in NYC or LA this weekend, so it includes today, it was from yesterday till tomorrow, you will get a free candle. Which honestly, kind of an incredible deal because I don't know exactly how much these retail for, but I would guess they retail for at least $50, $60 because the luxury candle you can't have a luxury candle and have it less than fifty dollars just it's not luxury at that point and so i'm hoping if you happen to listen to this podcast today or tomorrow morning and you live in new york city or la i actually feel like i have a fair amount of new york city and la listeners this may be good info for you but why i really want to discuss it and go over this list of restaurants because I, I'm just constantly baffled why this particular breed of restaurant is what celebs are drawn to. And I don't know how to define them. If you have a good, like, all-encompassing term to describe this type of restaurant, please let me know. To me, they're kind of like the pseudo-club restaurant, like Club Resto. Because you go in and it's kind of a club atmosphere, but you're very much there to eat. And a drink is minimum $20, but they expect you to order multiple of them and get fucked up and like feel like you're in a club. So here's the New York ones. STK, which I think is maybe pronounced steak at the downtown and midtown locations. Tao, also at the uptown and midtown locations. Lavo and Nobu at 57 in downtown. And out of this list, the only one I've ever been to is steak, but I've only been to the Orlando one. And literally it is a club atmosphere. The the DJ is pounding the music. It's super low lit, but then everything's kind of like a banquet vibe. 
I went with my parents and my sister. And I mean, I was vibing. They were playing a lot of Justin Bieber. I was jamming in my seat. The food was actually delicious. Like I wasn't, I kind of feel like some of those steakhouse types that are like are the club resto, sometimes they are getting by on their general atmosphere more so than their food. But the SDK, I mean, everything I ate there was delicious, but so fucking expensive. That's that's the common denominator of all these restaurants. I'm actually shocked I haven't been to one of these because I will go to a place if I think I can get a celeb sighting. But the problem is when I'm in New York, I want to go to like a low key place like with really, really good food. And they're usually very small. It's not a club atmosphere. It's quiet enough. You can hear what the person across from you is saying. So I just, I don't know why a celeb will be drawn to this kind of place. Is it because they can put like a VIP rope around them? Is it they just like spending more on food than they necessarily need to? I would love to do an anthropological study of the celebrity restaurant. Because let's go to the LA list, which is similarly um, perplexing. We have Nice Guy, Craig's, BOA Steakhouse, which might be pronounced Boa, Katana, Tao, Blue Ribbon Sushi, and Nobu. Okay, I've been to Katana. This is hilarious because if I'm if I'm getting it right, I'm pretty sure it was Katana in West Hollywood. And I went with my mom and we were literally like schlubbing it up. It just happened to be across the street from the what was it? it was like a holiday inn that we were staying at. A really great holiday inn in uh West Hollywood. It was super cheap, super nice, great parking. <laughs> but we were across the street from what I believe was Katana. And we just roll in there looking like we were like practically in our pajamas and I've never seen so many things that felt like Instagram come to life. It was just like every Instagram model and wannabe cloud. Uh, what is that called? Cloud rapper. <laughs> Why am I SoundCloud? SoundCloud rapper. Uh, and just people ordering so much food and everyone was drunk. And this was like a random night. I want to say it was like a Thursday the food was very good, but again, I was just a little confused by the club atmosphere, and I had this like crazy guy next to us who was yelling at the waiter, and it was just, and then he started talking to me, and I was just like a deer in headlights, because I was like, oh my god, is he going to yell at me too, and I, I think he was just on a lot of drugs, and he wasn't really, you know, in the right state of mind. He definitely looked like a SoundCloud rapper. There was definitely a famous rapper in there, because people were like getting pictures with him. I had no idea who it was, which is shocking because obviously i you know i love a c-list celebrity uh nice guy and craig's are just standards again i don't even think i could probably get into craig's the housewives love craig's and i hear their food is legitimately pretty good but nice guy's food i don't think is that good and like the kardashian jenners they love nice guy that's kendall jenner's go-to place i've been to blue ribbon sushi but only in miami Again, kind of like very Instagram model heavy look when you go there. But their food was good, but like not the best sushi I've ever had. So I don't know. And speaking of Nobu, I actually had a reservation at Nobu Malibu that to this day I kick myself for not going to. It was that same trip. I was with my mom. We had a reservation for there. It was like a beautiful day. And instead I decided I wanted to go to the Jimmy Kimmel taping that I had tickets to, which would mean I couldn't go to my Nobu taping. And instead of making it to the Jimmy Kimmel taping, my mom and I got drunk off of margaritas at the Hard Rock across the street. And by the time we got there, we were too late and they wouldn't let us in. (laughs) So don't do what I did. Anyways, if again, I would just love to know what draws them to these places. Or if you've been to a lot of places on this list, do you want to come on and give your input? And maybe you can be my little anthropological source. 
Back to the candles, though. Apparently, there's four flavors out. Uh, Sweeter Tings, Williamsburg Sleepover, Muskaka. Muskoka? I'm sorry that I don't know how to say that. Good Thoughts. And then apparently there's one coming out called Carby Musk. And this one's supposed to smell like Drake. So you know that's going to be like the really popular one. Because for some reason we all want to smell like celebrities. I actually was at, when we were in Miami um, yesterday, I went to Sephora and I got a Killian travel perfume. And it's not the really expensive one that Rihanna allegedly wears or used to wear. But I was like, I kind of just want to feel Rihanna adjacent. And it was only $30. And I get it. And I really like it. And then I look it up. And apparently they're discontinuing it. So great. Let's let's hope I don't like it too much. All right. Moving on to our next article. 2021 is the year of the unexpected celebrity couple by Mia Mercado. Mia must be a new uh, writer, but I like her because I actually pulled two articles from her to discuss today. So she writes, I'm calling it now. This will be the summer of unexpected love. Perhaps it's because we're all desperate for human contact. Or maybe as my colleague Taylor Roberts puts it, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly opened a portal we cannot close. But there have been some celeb couplings as of late that made me go, hmm, okay. I totally believe in this idea of a portal. I think this happens a lot with celeb culture. It's like one does it and they all kind of follow suit and it's really subtle and sometimes you don't realize it's happening, but it's, I just think it is a portal. I don't know if it's a a astrology thing. I don't know if it's just celeb subconsciously following their peers, but I think it's true. Because, I mean, she just really hit the nail on the head for me. I've been having the same thought. And she provides a stunning list of these couples that many of which we have talked about on here. First up, we have Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers. This one really blows my mind to the point I don't actually think I've brought up this coupling before because it just, it almost blew my mind too much to the point I felt like it was a glitch in the universe. Shailene Woodley is a YA novel adaption star. That is always what I associate with her with, how I classify her. She was in The Fault in Our Stars, the Divergent series. Both were YA novels that were very popular and then made into movies. And for my more mature listeners, maybe you might know her from Big Little Lies. And then she was in that, it was like an Oscar nominated movie with George Clooney. It was That was kind of where she got her start. Oh, and then she was also on The Fosters on ABC Family. That was really like her breakout role. And then Aaron Rodgers is a football player and he's the brother of Jordan. Rogers of Bachelorette fame. He was on JoJo's season and he quote unquote won. He and JoJo are still engaged, but they're not yet married, which do you boo-boos? I mean, I'm really impressed they're still together. It always works out better when the girl does the picking instead of the guy. And Aaron also famously dated Hollywood actress, uh, very stunning also, Olivia Munn. So I was hearing rumblings that these two were dating because he plays for the Green Bay Packers and Shailene was, you know, up there in Wisconsin and people were kind of like spotting them together. And my thought was "Mm, that's not going to last because again, this is all just based on perception. But to me, Aaron Rodgers is kind of this like womanizer vibe. And Shailene Woodley is this crunchy granola earth child. And I just didn't see the two of them together. But then here we are, they are now engaged and they're a Disney adult couple. They did this bizarre interview at the Grand Floridian Hotel in Disney World talking about their love of Disney and wearing Disney ears. And that was bizarre to me. And again, Shailene's notoriously crunchy. She would talk about living off of bone broth. She seems like the type who wouldn't want to shave her armpits. Again, I'm just puzzled by this one. (laughs) But 
It is what it is. Moving on to another Disney fanatic. I don't know if you guys know about this, that she's a Disney fanatic, but Kourtney Kardashian is. And as I'm sure you've probably seen by now, if you follow any sort of celebrity culture, and because we talked about it on here before they were confirmed dating, she is in fact dating Travis Barker. And weirdly, she is also super into Disney. Now, y'all, I have an annual pass to Disney World. I love it. It's a great little weekend trip. It's only an hour away from my parents' house. It's about three hours from me. So it's it's usually I'll go like if I'm already going up to see my parents, we can just go over for a day, a night. I love the rides. I love drinking the sugar-laden drinks from Epcot. When it's a nice day in Florida, it's a great way to spend your time. But like, let's not get too crazy. I'm not going to print a shirt that's like, Drinking around the world 2021. And if that's your vibe, again, I I love people. Like, I'm so excited to go there and see so many people passionate about it and so happy. And anything that can bring you joy these days, do it. But when, when celebs are kind of leaning into that Disney adult lifestyle, again, something that my brain just can't fully process. It's kind of like them wanting to go to Tao. Wait, guys, I think I might have just made the connection. Are Tao... And that line of restaurants, are they kind of like a Disney World for celebs? Does that kind of give them the same feeling that Disney World gives them? Because they're a little bit over-themed. It's like a rainforest cafe for celebs. I might have cracked the code. (laughs) But uh, back to Courtney and Travis. They're pairing their PDA. It's a bit much for me. Like, I don't know if I need to see Travis's fingers practically up Courtney's butthole. I mean, she looks hot as fuck. I'm so happy for her. I I want to see... I want to see all the Kardashians so happy. Like, for, I think it's just because they've been a part of my life for so long and you've seen them go through so many trials and tribulations. I really do wish them all the best. So I love that she seems so in love with Travis Barker. Do I need to see a finger up the booty hole? Maybe not. Next up, Phoebe Debner and Pete Davidson. This is another one we talked about. She's the girl from Bridgerton. Pete Davidson is tatted up SNL dude. Uh, I saw a tweet say... <laughs> I'm sorry that I wish I could give this person credit, but I just like came across it in my internet scrolling. And it said, Melinda Gates is now dating Pete Davidson. And I was just cracking up. And I think that tweet kind of sums up Pete Davidson's dating history because it's so all over the place. And on that note, was anyone as shocked as me about the Melinda Gates and Bill Gates divorce? It really shocked me like there's few celebrity news items that stopped me in my tracks and that one really hit me I thought they were a solid couple and it goes to show that you never know what's going on behind closed doors and that marriage is fucking hard like I really I mean not that I can personally vouch that but I I just have to believe that it is really hard uh because it's I would think after you make it that long you kind of be like okay we're in it for the long haul but it's it's definitely not always that way So back to (laughs) Phoebe and Pete. Um, This to me confirms that Pete like loves a little manic pixie girl, a little fairy girl vibe. He's dated Kaya Gerber, who's was much. She was only eight, nineteen when they were dating. I hate when celebs date people that aren't even of drinking age. Ugh. Um, He dated Cassie David, which is Larry David's daughter. She's very kind of cool manic pixie girl. He dated famously Ariana Grande. They were engaged. Then he went on to Kate Beckinsale, who has kind of manic pixie vibes, but she's older than him. So that was interesting to go from like a, you know, Kate Beckinsale to a Kaya Gerber. Huge, huge uh, age uh, jump there. 
And I agree with Mia writing, the idea of Davidson having a cameo in season two of Bridgerton, put the tall boy in period clothing. <laughs> like, let's make that happen. Next up, we have Katie Holmes and Emilio Vitolo Jr. We just, we covered this couple because it was kind of drama because Emilio Vitolo's ex was basically like, he completely blindsided me. They were engaged. They had been together for years and he just starts dating Katie Holmes and they were another one that was hot and heavy, very fast, lots of PDA. He owns some pasta restaurants in New York with his dad. I really like a restaurateur slash chef celeb coupling. I think my ideal match in life would be a chef because I, I love food. I love like kitchen culture but except sometimes they can be you know their hours are insane a lot of times there's drug abuse in that industry because of how fast-paced and intense it is and their hours um i was obviously watching summer house if you're not watching summer house i say this every time i talk about it it is the best show on bravo right now they just did the second part of their reunion and robert is dating danielle Danielle's not like my favorite on the show, but she is a fellow Capricorn, so I have some love for her. And she's very unproblematic. She doesn't cause drama, which makes me kind of shocked she's been able to stay on because I feel like to stay on a show, you kind of have to be involved in the drama or otherwise they just dismiss you as not bringing enough to the show. But this summer, she, and still to this day, um, according to the reunion, she's dating this man named Robert and he's a chef and he just seems so cute and down to earth. Like he's so cute. He has all these tats. He has this kind of like waspy boy look, but with a lot of tats. I like that. Like a little preppy with an edge has always been how I would describe my ideal type. Not that I've ever succeeded in obtaining that, but hypothetically, it's what I would like to manifest. And he prepared like this gorgeous dinner for them. I mean, all of the food looked so good and they're just really cute and normal together. And I love that. I'm sorry, I don't know how Amelia Vitolo brought me to, you know, Robert on Summer House, but here we are. And then next up, Taika Waititi and Rita Ora. This is a couple I've been dying to talk about on here. Rita Ora is such an enigma to me. She barely releases any new music. She never has a full album, but somehow she constantly stays in the press and she's friends with Every celeb in existence, especially the cool British ones like of the Alexa Chung, Harry Styles, Cara Delevingne variety. I don't know how to particularly classify that type of cool English celeb, but that is what she falls into. And she's now dating powerhouse director Taika. They're both doing stuff in Australia at the moment. He's directing a movie. She's there. I think she's on like the masked singer version that's going on in Australia. And... I believe that's how they met, and I'm sure they got connected because they know cool people. And I love visually the way they look together, but it kind of blows my mind that they're a couple. <laughs> and again, I don't know why. Sometimes something doesn't make sense, and you can't put your finger on why, but it just doesn't. I saw Rita Ora in concert years ago, and it was great because it was at the House of Blues in Orlando, and it was like empty. I swear there was like 10 people there. And the people who were there were just like drinking drinks in the back and not giving a shit. Whereas I'm right front row. I loved that Cat Graham open. She's just wilded out, flipping around her her long ass extension ponytail. Rita Ora comes on. She's talking about parties and bullshit. That was like her only song at the time. She did like three songs. <laughs> and just peaced out but I had a great time I mean looking back that was such a fun concert um it was wild yeah that's that's my Rita Ora experience okay next up we have Kat Dennings and Andrew WK 
I had no idea who Andrew W.K. was before he started dating Kat Dennings. So this is very much an example of one celeb, I feel like, kind of bolstering the star power of the other. He looks like a hosier type to me. I literally had to ask Elena who he is. I She was just like, he's basically like a one-hit wonder, but people are really into him. Uh, they definitely seem very into each other. Remember how Kat Dennings dated Josh Groban for like a long ass time? So I think this solidifies that her type is sensitive musician with like kind of longish hair, longish curly hair. Again, I think uh, heavy with the PDA. That seems to be the trend of this list. Very heavy with like the public outings, the PDA. I don't know. Next up, um, and last on our list, is Salma Hayek and her owl. You already know I'm obsessed with this story. We did a whole little article on it. She has this owl that she bought for her husband, who's this mogul. He runs Kerrig, which is the business entity that owns Gucci and tons of other high-end items. Um, But she ended up taking in the owl for herself, and they really are a beautiful couple. It's, it's very bizarre. I, I, again, will reiterate, I don't think you should own owls, but she does. And speaking of unexpected couples, we can't not talk about the fact that J-Lo and Ben Affleck are potentially revisiting their old relationship. Obviously, she just broke up with A-Rod. This is very um, rebound territory. He was dating Ana de Armas famously, and you know he's single, he's mingling. One of the things that was going really viral this week in like celebrity stories was he sent this cringe video to this girl after she unmatched him on Raya. Raya's a dating app. She matched with Ben Affleck. She thought it was a catfish, so she unmatched with him. He then DM'd her a video of himself being like, why did you unmatch me? It's me. <laughs> which is just so self-indulgent and full of yourself, but also just so out of touch and unaware and cringy that I love it. But it's men just, it doesn't matter if you're a famous celebrity, like you are still a stupid. (laughs) I'm sorry for any of my male listeners. I'm sure you are brilliant. That's why you're listening to this podcast. But otherwise you're just like a dumb golden retriever. And even if Ben Affleck and Jen aren't officially together, they've definitely been seen hanging out. He was delivered to her house in a white Escalade. She sang the Red Sox anthem at a game that he was at attendance at. And to add another layer to the story and make it even a little bit crazier, apparently Jennifer Garner, who's Ben's ex-wife, they have kids together, she's been hanging out with her ex, who is the Cali Berge CEO, John Miller. Again, I love a food and celeb matchup. I think it's because those are really my two favorite hobbies in life. So when the two are combined, it just lights up all of the little serotonin receptors, the little dopamines in my head. And again, I'm just trying to manifest that energy in my life. All right. Sorry, this has been so A-list heavy so far. I feel like I've talked about like huge celebs so far, but I want to move on to some of my fave B-listers and that is Ali and AJ Mashaka. I have loved them for forever. They were some of my favorite Disney stars. Again, I saw them in concert. They were one of my last pre-pandemic concerts I went to and I had the pleasure of going to it It was a small venue it was so fun I went with my friend Chelsea I went with my sister Sheridan they did some of their old classics they did their new songs which were actually so good I haven't listened to their most recent album which just came out and that's kind of why they're doing the the rounds on you know the cut and other publications because their new album just dropped but their album right before that and the one before that those it's called i think it's church and then the one before that i can see the cover in my mind but i'm blanking on the title those are both really really good 
I'm like those are kind of albums you can listen to all the way through and there's no skips and it's just a vibe you can just put that on like clean your house go to town and um they talk about things that they can't live without and I did this last week with Catherine Hahn's list and I kind of did all of hers so we're not going to go through every single item they love but I wanted to talk about a few and one of the first ones they have on here is Perrier Fusions and lemon and guava flavor. Now, I am such a stan of Perrier Peach and Perrier Strawberry. I don't think those are technically fusions, though. I, I wonder if these fusions are more like a Pellegrino, a San Pellegrino, where it's kind of like fruit juice and seltzer. But I have to find this flavor. I love guava. And the idea of putting guava and lemon together and freshening it up a little bit, that is my dream flavor. That sounds so good to me. And I love this list. It's so cute because each item on the list are items they both love. And they talk about why they both love each one. And I just, I love a sisterly bond here, obviously. Actually, this this podcast, this episode is fully solo since I am recording it in my bedroom alone with the door closed. But, you know, we love Kenzie on this podcast. And another one I related to was the Lacey Rugged Mini one terabyte portable hard drive. I have this same exact hard drive. It's like someone explained to me why it is so fulfilling (laughs) to have the same thing as a celeb, even if it's just something as simple and stupid as a hard drive. I just find it really satisfying. I think it goes back to growing up on Us Weekly. Celebs, they're just like us. And that really hasn't left me because I who doesn't like seeing a celeb struggling with their bags at the grocery store? It, again, makes the dopamine receptors go off. And they say they store their music and their photos on this hard drive and they're super reliable. And thank God they should be because they cost like over 100 bucks. So I it's I hate buying boring shit like a hard drive, you know, but you got to do it when you're trying to be an aspiring influencer like I am. They also have $1,700 headphones, which I get because they are musicians but wow, I'm going to manifest having those for my podcast one day. Because right now, I don't even record with with headphones. I'm so low budge over here. Then they list a bottle of Aperol because they're Aperol Spritz fans. We are obviously a margarita, dirty martini, espresso martini household. But we always have a bottle of Aperol stocked in the Cloud 4 residence. And I will never turn down an Aperol Spritz. So I just love that. I feel like I would love to interview the Mishaka twins. I've heard... A.G. Mashako was on Heather McDonald's podcast. So, you know, she's down to do one. I think she'd be so fun to have on here one day. I go. I know you guys are probably sick of me talking about guests that I will someday have. But next week, if not next week or the week after, we will actually have a guest on here. So get excited. Switching gears. Y'all know I love some culty shit. So we can't not talk about this story. A cult leader known as Mother God was found mummified by Amanda Arnold. So to set the scene for you, last week, a guy in Colorado, he walks into a police station and he says he has a corpse inside his home. You know, creepy enough. But the plot thickens because the investigators go and they find this what they describe as a shrine-like situation. There's a decomposing body. It's mummified and wrapped in a sleeping bag. Ugh. There's Christmas lights around it. There's glitter makeup encircling the corpse's eye sockets. So the guy who reported it to the police said he was part of an organization called Love Has Won. It's often been described as a cult, so I'm going to be pretty free with my labeling as a a cult as I speak about it today. He explained that the body belonged to Amy Carlson, and she was the Love Has Won leader. They referred to her as Mother God, and she founded this cult. 
Now, Amanda, who's writing this article, says, an official cause of death has not yet been announced, but many Love as One followers appear to be commemorating Carlson's death as a great ascension, and seven followers have been charged with abuse of a corpse. To give some background on this, she founded this cult about 15 years ago, and it had very new agey vibes, but a lot of questionable practices. She would tell her followers that she could speak with angels, that she could cure ailments like cancer, and she would help guide chosen ones towards a great awakening or a new dimension. The website for it's now defunct, but she claimed to be in her 534th reincarnation on her quest to recover my beloved planet. And she claims that her past lives include Jesus Christ himself and Marilyn Monroe. And apparently the most devoted followers of this cult lived in a house in Colorado together. But an ex-follower of the cult, he estimates that the group had thousands of followers worldwide before he left it five years ago. And there's a Vice News documentary about this, and it explained that many members were recruited through Facebook and YouTube. And members would host daily live video streams, and that's how they would get people in because they would offer this superior alternative reality if they were willing to prove their dedication through financial contributions. I I mean, that's how all of these things get you tied in. I feel like it's less what they're teaching and more the fact that you've at a point invested so much money that you're just, you have to be all in because there's no other option. And this organization has been repeatedly accused of fraud, brainwashing, abuse. And I thought this was an interesting fact that last September they drew headlines because uh, 14 followers and Amy Carlson, the mummy, was one of them. They were forced to evacuate uh, Hawaii because they had taken up residence on Kauai and they spurned face mask guidelines and they appropriated Hawaiian culture because Amy was reporting to be, or I'm sorry, she was claiming to be Pele, which is the Hawaiian goddess of fire. So they were clashing with the locals and the police literally escorted them off the island. So not only are they a creepy cult, they're appropriating Hawaiian culture, which is gross. Uh, Back to the mummy, uh, the man who found her said that he had been letting other members live in his home while he was away traveling and he came back and just found her body, which yikes. And as of now, people aren't saying that there was foul play with her death, but that she actually might have had cancer, which is a little bit ironic considering she was claiming to be able to cure it. And that she was also a heavy, heavy drinker, which could have also led to her death. Um, Seven people have been arrested for abuse of the corpse for what they did to it. This like podunk mummification thing. And the people who were arrested were the seven people who were living in the house while the guy who told the cops was gone. So the guy who told the cops, he was not arrested. All right. I just wanted to let you guys be aware of that story because I just thought it's crazy. And again, we love culty stuff, but it also is scary that people succumb to these sort of ways of thinking and get drawn in. So to end off on a lighter note, you guys know I like to keep you in the loop on the lingo, the Gen Z things. So the word that's having a moment right now is called chuggy. It's spelled C-H-E-U-G-Y, pronounced chuggy. This article is again by Mia Mercado. 
And I had not heard about this word until I read Taylor Lorenz's article in the New York Times. Taylor is known for talking about internet culture. She's often reported on TikTok trends. And she was the one who discussed the shitty conditions that a lot of young TikTokers were facing when they were being taken advantage of by their management companies and signing these really abusive contracts. So basically, this is really in her wheelhouse, but it still kind of shocks me when the New York Times allows this kind of article to be published because it's just so kind of nebulous and stupid and something that I would much more likely find in the cut than the New York Times, but this is the world we live in now. So Mia describes it as follows. Chugi is used to describe someone or something that's outdated or trying too hard, usually in a very millennial kind of way. For example, according to connoisseurs of the term, which was reportedly invented by a now 23-year-old sophomore de- software developer in 2013 when she was in high school, the following qualify as chuggy. Chevron prints, live, laugh, love style home decor, Ray Dunn pottery, and that sort of hand lettering style. <laughs> Think things likely beloved by the high school classmate who tried to make you join a multi-level marketing scheme. So, you know, th- it, it does plant a very specific image in your mind. I think that sort of description um you know we can all we can get an image that way and she goes on to say chuggy things by definition have a hard to pin down undefinable element part 2010 aesthetic part girl boss energy that gives them that chuggy flavor but chuggy seems broader as though it carries less of the misogynistic and classist implications of basic it also feels less mean-spirited while basic implies being simple or less than chuggy feels softer and more self-deprecating in part because the word is nonsensical there's also something freeing in proclaiming oneself a chug. And both of the articles that I've read about this, Taylor's and the Cuts, point out that even uh, men can be chuggy because, you know, there's Saturdays for the boys and that sort of frat culture can be considered chuggy. But I don't know because I'm like, I think basic could also apply to both sexes. You know, there's that Instagram account that was super popular called Bros Being Basic. And... <sighs> You know, I, I, I heard Kate Kennedy talking about this. Um, I didn't she, – she actually released a whole podcast about it that I haven't listened to yet, but she was just posting some stuff on her Instagram. And I do agree with her estimation that I don't know if this – and I don't mean to be putting words in her mouth. I'm, I'm more saying what I think, but she was saying something along these same lines that I think there is always going to be something inherently misogynistic in this sort of definition of people because it's taking things that usually are – women women loved things and making fun of them and i don't i don't give a shit like i think these sort of generational discussions are really interesting i don't ever personally take offense at them i don't think the generations are as delineated as we want to think they are i I just think it's funny. Like, I think it's fun to kind of make fun of the things that we may identify ourselves as being lovers of and putting that on its head and just satiring it to a certain extent. Um, Again, I don't ever think Gen Z is so concerned with this. I read when I was talking about the side part things, I read that comment from a self-proclaimed Gen Z person that was like, it's not Gen Z to care about these sort of things. And I know that in of itself is classifying a whole generation, but I do think as time goes on, we're just less concerned with policing how other people present themselves or how people want to express themselves. And I I do, I've always, and I've said it on here so many times before, I will always take issue with the fact that things that traditionally women like 
are made fun of. I will never understand why it seems cooler, quote unquote, by our society to be into sports than it is to be into reality TV. When, in my opinion, by definition, they are kind of the same thing. If you don't think sports can be produced in the same way that reality television can, I think you might want to reevaluate that stance. And I've always taken issue with the fact that things that teen girls like, like boy bands or um, the the fashion trends that they're drawn to, why people want to put those down when they're such a driving force of cultural trends, things that money is spent on, marketing money is spent on. Why do we have to put down those things people like? And that's why I was trying to be careful about talking about Disney adults because, again, I just want people to like what they like and not feel ashamed because there's these stupid labels put on it. And I don't think the things that young girls or even girls my age in their 30s, older women, younger women, what we like should not be ridiculed and made fun of and made to feel less than. And I will always say this a million times, your your pleasure should not feel guilty. It should never feel dumb to care about celebrity culture, care about pop culture. They shape everything we do. And I know I'm like, I'm just beating the dead horse here because I always say it, but I just like think it's worth reminding people of that. So if you want to talk about Chugi, have a good laugh about it, do it. I think it's funny. I think it's it's fun. Again, I I had the J. Crew bubble necklace. Like I I love the Chevron print. I still indulge in so uh, one of the comments on this cut article was in 60 years, like tattoos are going to be so chewy. Well, I just got a tattoo. Like, I don't give a shit. Do what makes you happy. Be the little chew you are. Or don't use terms that, you know, other people like this. I don't know. I, I have so many thoughts about these kind of things that it's hard for me to kind of condense it. But again, just be you. Love what you love. And that is that. But thinking on these lines, um, I for my I think about this a lot this week. I found it so fitting because I keep this running list of things I think about a lot. So when it pops up in my mind, I'll write it down in my phone notes. And one that I added not that long ago was the origin of Live, Laugh, Love because I truly didn't know where it came from. I kind of thought that it had been born on a Hobby Lobby shelf. So I found this fitting because I think this goes in with the discussion of Chugi. And so I looked it up and honestly, I just pulled up the very first article that came up and it was from a House Beautiful article. And... I just want to discuss it because I thought it would be kind of a fun little learning moment for all of us. And apparently, Live, Laugh, Love was often incorrectly attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson thanks to a 1990 Dear Abby column. But actually, the source of it comes from a Bessie Anderson Stanley poem from 1904. It's called Success. And she originally submitted the work in the form of an essay for a contest held by Brown Book Magazine. And the the brief was for entrants to define dis- success in their own words. And the inspiration for Live, Laugh, Love actually comes from the very first line of this poem she wrote. And she wrote, he achieved success who has lived well, laughed often, and loved much. And I love to live, laugh, love. I mean, what greater joys are there in life? So as much as we want to even make fun of that, like, damn, live, laugh, love your life up. So I feel at peace now, no longer having to ponder where live, laugh, love came from. And I hope you find some peace in that as well. And I hope you are having the loveliest day. Lastly, let's get to our legit shit. 
I told you guys that recently I've been trying to talk about things that I use literally every day of my life and almost take for granted because I've used them for so long. Like last week we were talking about the little hair towels. This week I want to talk about Sonic's phone cases, which I hope this doesn't like ruin my chance of getting a case to sponsorship one day because I would love that case to money um, and the free cases. And I don't think Sonic's does as many uh, – sponsorships but I've really only ever owned Sonic's cases and I just think they're the best I think they are the cutest designs they hold up so well I mean I am queen of dropping my phone but if you have a Sonic's case and a screen protector like the little glass thing that goes over you're good to go and they just like you can put a little pop socket on it they have their own accessories they have the MagSafe cases now so you can charge your um, phone without taking your case off if you have the MagSafe charger and they're really cutting edge with their uh, accessories that come out. They're always with the trends. So check them out. I've, of course, linked everything in the show notes. Thank you guys for being patient with me this week, and I will see you next week. Bye.